Welcome to the Audacity Church Podcast. We pray that you are blessed by what you hear today. We love to hear stories of what God is doing in people's lives. Take some time to share your story of how God is working in your life and email us at amen at loveservego.com. Now prepare your heart to hear from God today. Well, welcome to week three of Love and War. And I'm going to do a quick recap. Week one of Love and War was Passenger's song, If You Love Her, Let Her Go. And our whole focus of week one, and you can check it out on the podcast later, is if you love her, you don't let her go. And we talked about how we apply that to our marriages and to any of our relationships. Last week was called Endure the Poison to Get to the Wine. And uh, this week, we're going to call this talk Say Something. And that was a great big world in Christina Aguilera. You know, there's this saying that goes around that says, all is fair in love in war. And what our approach has been to this topic is all isn't fair in love and war. There's got to be boundaries. There has to be a way to do things. We, we have to have rules to follow. And how do we follow those in any of our relationship? So if you're single today, I would challenge you to take notes, write things down and say, okay, how do I apply these to any relationship that I have? I, I firmly believe whether it's your coworker, whether it's your siblings, whether it's any other part of your family, there is things that you can apply to your life. If you're married This is what I'll tell you. After the honeymoon is over, that's really when the battle begins. (laughs) That's when you learn to live with each other and endure the impossible circumstances and how you get through life together. So my goal for you today is to learn how to say something. You know, the majority of people that that I sit down with and and just do uh, marriage counseling, none of them ever come to me and say, hey, you know what? We talk all the time and, and, and we have everything worked out and it goes really well. That it's usually not what people come to see me for. Usually one person feels one way, the other person feels the other way. Both of them are right. Neither one of them are going to admit that they're wrong. And they do not want to give up any ground and, and they don't compromise. And so what I'll tell you is there is an art to communication. And so I'm going to give you a lot of information today. You go ahead and say, say thank, you. thank you. All right. And it's going to be a lot. Some of you ain't going to be able to write everything down. You can go to the Bible or uversion.com. You can search Audacity Church and all of the notes from today are there. If you'd like to pull that up now and you can just follow along with us, that's, that will work as well. If you don't mind, I want everybody to stand on their feet. We're going to honor the reading of God's word. I'll pray and then you can be seated. This is in Colossians chapter four, and this is verse six. And this is what the word of God tells us today. Let your speech always, everybody say always. Always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know what you ought to answer each person. Jesus, we thank you for your living word. We thank you that we can apply these truths to our lives and they will impact every relationship that we have. I pray that today that you would open our ears to hear exactly what you want us to hear and how to apply them to our relationships. I pray that you would open our hearts to be receptive and allow the word to fall on good ground so that we know exactly how to have healthier relationships, healthier marriages. We pray all this in your name, Jesus. Amen. You can be seated. There are basically four different types of communication style. Now, they're broke down in a variety of different ways, but I want to give you four of them today before we even get started. And I really want you to understand them. Now, I'm going to also recommend 
that uh, you had do this for homework. Everybody say homework. I want you to find out what your communication style is. And here's why. This will help you whenever you're communicating to anybody. Now listen, I am not a master communicator, but I have always tried to find out how people like to be told what to do. <laughs> I'm just, I, I, I've tried to find out how they need to be told something so that I make sure. Like, let me give you a couple of examples. One of our elders is very analytical. So I know whenever I ask him to do something or tell him that we need to do something, I need to have details. If I don't have details, I frustrate him and I know that it does. That works in that relationship. The other guy's a wire just a little bit like me and he's somewhat of a dreamer. And so I can just kind of cast a vision and tell him we're going to reach thousands of people. And he's like, hey, let's go do it. He doesn't need that. He, he's not wired that way. Ashley likes to process things, but she also likes to discuss things. So I have to know I'm very direct. I don't have a lot of time to explain things to you. This is the details. I need you to process them because I've already moved on. I mean, and so that's my, my communication style is very direct. It doesn't work to somebody that wants to process things and allow them to marinate. I'm like, hey, we are not in crockpot society. We are in a microwave. Push 30 seconds. Let's get through it and move on. That, that's my mom who's visiting today. My dad is next to her. He just got back from a missions uh, trip in Russia. And uh, so he had this Sunday off and decided to hang out with us. Uh, but she, I, so I come by the direct communication style naturally, as you can tell. Uh, you don't have to ask her how she feels. She's going to let you know. So let me give you these four quick, 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 okay, communication styles. I pulled this from DISC, D-I-S-C. That's one of the most popular ones out there. But I put all of the top three so that you, whenever you take these tests at home, could uh, uh, maybe see different ones. The first one is called driver, director, or eagle. They're results-oriented, independent, ambitious. They uh, prefer less restrictions. They want supports for big goals. They're fast to the decision, and they like to make the point quickly. The second type of communication is an influencer, relater, expressor. We got some peacocks in the house. What they do is they put high priority on close relationships. They're always looking for harmony. How do we make this work better for everybody? I'm like, I don't have time to work for everybody. Let's just worry about the people and let's go. Harmonize. Yes, I am an eagle. Uh, they are patient. They prefer to be consulted with. This is the type of person that you got to let it be their idea. You're like, hey, what do you think? Oh, okay, well, do you have something else we could try? You, that's a brilliant idea. All of a sudden, they came up with the idea all by themselves. They want to be consulted with. They really like to interact. These are the people that like to talk things out. Number whatever one, steadies, initiators, thinker. This is the owl. They're innovated, animated, energetic. They're motivated by excellence. They want support for their own ideas, and they are patient. Then the compliance, analyzers, harmonizers, doves. These critical thinkers consider facts, data. They prefer logic and reason, no quick change. They want support for their thoughts. Let me explain a couple of these to you. If you... And most of you ladies, this, everybody, you guys know I love you. This is what happens. Your husband says, hey, is everything all right? Yes. So let me just tell you how we process that. Is everything all right? Yes, it's fine. She said it was fine. I'm going to go ahead and move on. And then this is what you have the audacity, pun intended, to say. He doesn't listen to me. Oh, no. Oh, no. 
He absolutely, positively does listen to you. And you said everything is what? Fine. It's fine. If it ain't fine, don't say that it's fine. Another thing is you're like, I just want him to ask me more questions. Listen, listen, we don't have time for that. That requires creativity. And a lot of men are actually going to have to pick up a book and learn some new questions because they exhausted all the questions they had the first date with you. They were like, I don't even know what I'm going to ask her on the second date. I asked all my questions the first night that we're going out. And then that's on your second date. He says, if you would like to be a building, which building would it be? He is not creative. He is out of ideas. He doesn't even know how to talk anymore. He doesn't. We have exhausted all of our questions. It is important that you tell him, somebody that has a direct communication style, exactly how you feel. Dudes, you ain't getting off the hook. The majority of women are emotional beings. They process emotions differently. It's the high majority. So when they want to talk to you, you need to listen to them. The reason that she says fine is because the last time she tried to tell you exactly how she felt and you forgot about it the next morning. The next morning. A lot of you men, let me tell you what you do. You listen to respond. You don't listen to understand. Here's how you know it. When she is starting this thing, she all of a sudden turns into Charlie Brown's parent. Just like, wah, 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 wah. And this is what you're doing. You're thinking, okay, what am I going to tell her? What am I, I'm going to have to buy flowers today. Oh, my Lord, I'm going to buy flowers. And then, well, I wonder what she's cooking for dinner. You know what? Maybe at dinner, I, I'll pick up a dessert, maybe. And she's still talking. She's telling you how she feels. We have to learn to communicate better. If your wife needs it to stew, needs it to process through a crock pot, and you're a microwave type of guy, you have to allow her to stew, allow her to meditate on something. Most analytical people are like this. Let me give you an example. Well, my buddy's just got a job offer, and so he's telling me, he's like, hey, I just want you to pray for me. Uh, this is how I'm processing it. This is what I'm thinking. And I'm talking with him on the phone. I know for a fact he's not taking the job just by our conversation. And this is what he says in all of his wisdom. He goes, you know, I told him I'm going to sleep a couple of days on it, though. And in my, I'm like, no, just call him and tell him you ain't taking the job. He processes things differently than I do. That happens in every relationship that we're in. You are either a driver, you're either an influencer, you're steady, or you're compliant, or you're an eagle, you're a peacock, you're an owl, or you're a dove. Once you take these tests online, they're free, you can find them. They're going to kind of tell you how to relate to the person that might have a different gifting than you do. And I think it's really important, those of you that work directly for somebody, you have a boss, you need to figure out your boss's communication style. It's crucial. If you will take the time to figure out their communication style, you'll know how to help them have good ideas. <laughs> you'll, help, you'll be able to help them see exactly how they need to be communicated to. I believe your marriage is the most important relationship. Let me give you some examples. Your marriage will not grow in isolation. What you need to do is you need to find some people that are in married life where you want to be, and you need to start sharing life with them. You need to find some people that you can be around that you want to rub off on you. Let me explain something to you. I was told this about 15 years ago by a guy named Daryl, and I was highly offended. And he said this, 
Ronnie, do you realize that you are exactly where you planned on being five years ago? And I'm like, no, I wasn't. You don't even know what you're talking about. He goes, no, you're exactly where you planned on being five years ago. This is what I'll tell you. Your marriage, your relationships will be exactly where you plan on them being five years from now. And if you're hanging around people that are doing nothing but bringing you down and they're not helping building you up, man, don't spend a whole lot of time with them. Just don't. You need to find the communication style of those that are around you. You need to find someone that do not try to grow any relationship in isolation. You know, I think we've all probably heard this before, but your spouse or anybody included does not care how much you know until they know how much you care. Aaron, one person got that. Great job, Aaron. Whatever I'm paying you, double it. I think it's free. Um, what... They want to know that you care. There's a lot of times Ashley just needs to know that I'm listening to what she's telling me. And there's a lot of times she doesn't, it's it's beautiful. She doesn't even want me to say anything back and it works. And I'm like, yes, she's not asking for an answer to this question. This is the time that she just needs me to listen to her. Say something Colossians chapter 4, we read this to start today, says, let your speech always be gracious. Ephesians chapter 4 says this, let no corrupt talk come out of your mouth, but only what is good for building up. Proverbs 15 verse 1 says, a soft answer turns away wrath. A lot of the relationships that you have are formed by the words that you are choosing to use. A lot of them. Your boss that you can't stand, it's because everybody and your mother knows you can't stand your boss. And that's all you say. And you have built with your words this environment of a person that you can't stand. Your husband that never listens to you, yes, your mom knows he doesn't listen, your sister knows he doesn't listen, and everybody you work with knows he is incapable of hearing. And you have used your words to build Uh, build that environment. The first thing I want you to do is to say something with your words. You need to learn how to communicate to people. It'll be, it'll, it'll be the most important thing that you do in every relationship is learning how to communicate to different people. It gets me in a lot of trouble because I communicate directly. There's a lot of times I need to allow someone to come up with what's going on. I need to ask them more probing questions. And there's a lot of times I'm just so direct and to the point, and I, I, it offends people. It really does because of how quickly I say something. You have to learn to communicate well. This is mainly <clears throat> for me for marriages, but the second thing I want you to do when it comes to say something is I need you to say something when you fight. You need to know how to fight fair. Let me just tell you something. Whether you have a roommate or whether you're married or whether like me and my younger brothers here, we shared a room for like 18 years. We tried not to kill each other. I mean, in any relationship, there is going to be conflict in every relationship. The strength and the endurance of that relationship will be built on how you handle conflict. In every relationship, I'm going to give you a few points here. I want you to aim to be the peacemaker in your marriage. When the temperature rises, allow the Holy Spirit to work through you and calm things down. Ladies, this means when your husband leaves the room, you should not follow him. Don't. 
He wasn't leaving the room so he could engage you in a, in a more tactical situation. He's like, I'm taking this one to the kitchen. There's knives. That's not at all what he was thinking. That's some, well, sometimes maybe, but he shouldn't be. When he wants to, when he leaves the room, man, it's just so he can go and process something. If he goes out into the garage and starts tinkering with his whatever, I don't have any tools. You guys know I'm not handy. Um, you know where I, I leave? And actually, no, she's, he's, he's going to the driving range. And that's where I go. And I just take my frustration out on a little white ball. And it never works. It just makes me more frustrated because I stink at golf. But the point is that if he leaves the room, sometimes, listen, when he comes back, He is then saying, hey, let's try this again. And I'm sorry, because men suck, you need to take it upon yourself to re-engage the the conversation. Guys, listen, when your wives get so frustrated that she hangs up on you, she's not asking you to now start the narrative via text. That's not at all what she meant. She didn't mean, click, I'm hanging up on him. Oh, honey, why don't you go ahead and text me now so we can talk in a way that no one really understands tone. Let's do that. That's not at all what she meant. She was saying, you weren't listening. She's done with the conversation. Therefore, she ended the conversation. We'll pick it up later. Okay? A lot of times when we're fighting fear, we keep poking and prodding and we make the situation so much worse. Interrupting your spouse is the uh, deadliest thing that you can do. When you interrupt your spouse trying to make a point, listen, you probably do deserve something to be thrown at you. I'm not saying that's ever happened in my home. What that is saying is, hey, I'm not taking the time to listen to you communicate to me. I'm not going to let you finish your thought. Now, uh, I, I conversate with uh, pregnant pauses. That's not healthy. If you've got something to say, you need to go ahead and get it out there. Because when there's a pause, that's when she's like, okay, hey, it's time to talk. And I'm like, no, I had one more great point I was going to try to make to convince you that I'm always right. <laughs> Never, ever, ever fight in public. Ever. See, a a, a lot of times I have to wait to give feedback is what I call it. And I say feedback is love. I don't always do it in the moment. It's not because I'm a processor. It's because I believe one of the things that I live my life by is two, one, two things. One, uh, we, we, we discipline and we have conversations in private and we praise in public. That's with my kids. That's with my staff. That's with everybody. I'm not going to stand before a group of room and, and tear someone down. But if they ain't meeting expectations, don't worry, I'm going to have a conversation with them. A lot of your marriages have been dysfunctional because you've, you've not set boundaries at when and where you should be having heated conversations. In front of your mom, not a good time. Christmas, Easter, Thanksgiving, July 4th, not a good time. Let your drunk uncle do that. You guys don't make fools of yourselves. Let him do that. Another thing is this. If you can, this is one of the, I thought this was really easy. And it was really easy when the kids were like little. (laughs) I'm like, well, they don't understand what's going on anyway. You need to start the behavior of not engaging in an argument with your spouse in front of your kids. That's what I mean by public. Now, listen, we have teenagers, right? Our oldest is 15 and uh, our youngest is 18 months, somewhere around there. And so... We have to be very careful because they know what's going on. Ashley and I were having an intense moment of fellowship. That's what we like to call it a few weeks ago. And our four-year-old walks in. I thought the door was locked. Um, And she can tell that we are both upset. And her first question was, Mama, what's wrong? 
That was her first question. Her first question wasn't like, hey, I was coming to ask if I could go outside. She saw that. She's four. She doesn't need to see that. Whether she's four, 14, or 24, your children don't need to see you guys having intense moments of fellowship. Fake it. Fake it. And then whenever you are in a place, a safe zone outside of the kitchen where there's knives, have a conversation and then fight fair. This is what I mean by fighting fair. I want you to be respectful. Raising your voice is foolishness. You raise your voice at your dog, not your spouse. I want you to allow the, uh, I wrote this down somewhere. Where Where am I? Here we go. I want you to allow the past to be the past. Hey, guess what? If it happened yesterday, that's where it's going to stay. Now you get to choose on whether or not it will impact today. You do. The majority of arguments, and this is so funny, I was, uh, I was in a counseling session last year, late last year, and they just start going at it in front of me, and I'm just like, I don't even know where to get in. I, I was like a referee, I needed to break them, I, had no, I was trying to find it, and I'm like, oh, I can't even, no one has ever done this. They fake it in counseling, <laughs> this is awesome. I wanted to video it, but I thought that would have been rude and disrespectful, so I didn't. And I'm listening to them, and everything that they're talking about hasn't happened in the last two years. Well, do you remember when we were dating? Holy crap, you've been married four years. What do you mean when you were dating? I got excited there. I probably shouldn't have. I, I mean, I'm watching these two people have this intense moment of fellowship in front of me, and the majority of the garbage that they're discussing is not about the issue that's actually going on. That's my next one. Stick to the issue. What we do is we bring up the past. Now, if you're anything like, well, you guys are probably a lot better than I am. But there's a few things that are hot button issues for Ashley. <laughs> Matter of fact, excuse me, if I bring them up, I immediately know that, that I might as well have like punched her in the face. There's a couple. I know that there are areas in her life that she's either not confident in, or there's areas of her life that she knows that, hey, this is something I'm working on. And it is recklessly unfair for me to bring up any of those things when we're having a discussion reckless. A lot of yous do exactly that. You point out your spouse's inadequacy. Guess what? They wake up feeling those. They don't need you to point them out. They wake up every morning wanting the grace of Jesus to spur them on and to feel confident in who they are. They don't need your help in tearing them down. When you're fighting the way that I believe you have to fight fair is let the past be where the past is. If it happened in yesterday, that's exactly where it needs to stay. And let me just go ahead and interject this point. If you are a follower of Christ, and I know everyone in here isn't, I know some of you are still on your faith journey trying to figure out if I want to trust Jesus to be all in, and we welcome you to hang around us. Let's figure that out together. Um, I believe it's the most important decision that you will ever make. I think it is highly important, but we don't want you to feel pressured. If you have given Jesus your life, you say, you know what? You're the Lord, the CEO. You're the one in charge. I give you everything. <clears throat> you don't have a choice but to forgive. Let me just explain what the Bible says. The Bible says that if you will not forgive, Jesus does not forgive you. That's heavy. Everybody say heavy. That's heavy. The Bible says that if I don't forgive, then I am not forgiven. 
I tell you guys this all the time. The reason I'm gracious is because I've been forgiven of so much. But more importantly, it's because I know that I, if, if I want to be forgiven, and if I want to be an image of Jesus, I have to forgive others. Let your past stay in the past. Make sure you walk in grace and forgiveness and stick with the issue when you are fighting. If you're saying something, I want you to say something with your words. I want you to say something when you fight. But lastly, or almost lastly, I want you to say something with your heart. Now listen, Gary Chapman wrote a book called The Five Love Languages, and I'm going to kind of hash them out just for a second, because this is what I want you to know. A lot of you are loving your spouse in a way that they don't need to be loved. A lot of you are, um, Gary Chapman basically calls this filling the love tank, and many of you are filling a love tank that doesn't need to be filled. My dad's got this old pickup truck. It's got two tanks on it. I only worry about the one when I borrow his truck, and I pray that there's gas in the other one in case I run this one all the way out. I've done it once, and there was gas. I was very, very very happy. You know, your wife doesn't have two, two tanks. Your husband doesn't have two tanks. He's got one. And you need to focus on filling. I'm going to break them down for you very quickly. The first one is words of affirmation. Compliments, affirmation, kind words, actions always speak louder than words. Quality time. This is one-on-one time, not interrupting. This is face-to-face conversation. For those of you who love this language, quality time, um, um, giving their undivided attention is the best way that you can say, I love you. Receiving gifts. This is positive, fact-oriented information. Do, don't miss this. This language is not materialism. This is when they just want to be a, a, just a small gift. One of the things I do for Ashley, <clears throat> Ashley um, is a, a, an addict and she's not recovering because she's still in it and it's to chocolate. Uh, pray for her. And uh, I, as a wise husband, always make sure there's a Hershey bar in the butter dish in the refrigerator. Always. They, we don't run out of chocolate because this is when she usually wants it. 1045 with a glass of wine. I'm like, it's 1045. No man wants to go and get a Hershey's bar at 1045. It's not what we want to do. So I always make sure that there's chocolate. And it's just a small gift, but uh, let me give you another one. Acts of service. This is saying I can and I will. This is saying what else can I do for you? Some of your wives are acts of service and their tank is on empty because that honeydew list you keep walking around is not healthy for you to walk around. Physical touch, this is a lot of non-verbals. This is more word pictures. This language is not about the bedroom, although that's fun. A person's primary language is physical touch is surprisingly a very touchy person. So these are up here. Let me kind of explain a couple to you. Some of you, um, I wrote this in the blog uh, this past week. Some of you men just need to start doing some laundry. That's what you need to do. And let me explain this to you. Your wife will be amazed when you just start picking up a little bit of the workload. Ladies, what that also means is if your husband has a space that he counts as precious, don't let your kids get in there and like draw on it with Sharpies. You know what I mean? Let the kids paint in the living room. Don't let them paint in that little room that your husband might think is his safe place. Let me quality time. 
men and women both. This is, the I, I, more I notice it, it's, it's mind-numbing and it's more convicting than it is anything. I cannot go anywhere without seeing a husband and wife sitting across the table from each other. I'm assuming they're on a date and both of them are on smartphones. Quality time is about conversation, about listening. It's about, it, 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 it's, it's talking. Quality time. Ladies, if there's something that's important to you, spell it out to your husband. Do him a favor. He's slow, remedial. Uh, They didn't teach this in school. And so help him along by giving him guidance, saying, hey, you know what? Um, I, I really like it when you do this. Okay? And unfortunately, remedial, slow, you might have to tell him that a few times. Don't think because he didn't get it the first time that he doesn't care. He just needs to be reminded. And I'm thinking about love languages. Um, Love languages change. So when Ashley and I first got married, she was 19. We ran off to Vegas and we got married. Smartest thing I've ever conned a woman into doing. It was brilliant. That was 15 years ago. And um, when we first got married, she was physical touch. Yes. And uh, so she was all about physical touch. She really enjoyed that in our marriage. A few kids later, I'm still physically touchy guy. Because I'm enjoying her needing that to fill her tank. One day she looks at me and she goes, Bonnie, I have three little kids crawling on me all day. The last thing I want to do is be touched whenever you get home. And I'm like, what happened? What happened? But so in different seasons in your life, that language might change. When Ashley and I first got married, we were po. We were P-O poor because we couldn't even spell out the whole word. I mean, it was bad. And we ain't a ton better off now, but we couldn't even finish the whole word back then. And let me just tell you something. When you poe, you do not worry about a gift giving. If she got a quick trip drink in a candy bar, that was taking her out on the town. I mean, we just didn't have a lot. Well, the older we become, the more things that we might accumulate. She's not asking for jewelry, but she might be asking for something very simple in the form of gift giving. So know that the love language might change. So when you're saying something with your heart, make sure it's something that your spouse needs to hear. That you're not, hey, like, let me give you an example. When Ashley, uh, when, if, if she, um, I'm trying to think, oh, uh, ladies Bible studies, every Tuesday night, if you're a woman, you need to be there. Guys, we meet this Wednesday night. You need to be at uh, IHOP on Wednesday night, but uh, we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, when Ashley goes to women's Bible study, when she comes home, She comes home to almost always all the kids in bed, and she comes home to a clean house, and she comes home to the laundry more than likely caught up because she leaves early, so I have like three hours. Now, before you ladies start to envy, okay, that doesn't speak to Ashley. See, I'm acts of service. So I'm the one, hey, when she comes home, I'm like, oh, yeah, house is clean, it's 930, you know what that means. Go time. And uh, she sometimes doesn't even say anything. And I'm like, did you not hear the sparkle when you walked into this house? Seriously. But see, she's not acts of service. She's not. 
It, 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 it's so not. It's so funny. The other day, I, I have a desk and I keep it messy. It's an organizational uh, tactic that I have. And she'd straighten everything up for me. And I was just like, awesome. I'd never want to take the time to do that. And she was loving me in a way of active service. Let me just tell you something. If you're loving with your heart, you have to be loving with your heart the way that your spouse needs to be loved. In closing, some of you need to take out the trash. That's what you need to do. You need to take out the trash. So we've learned a a high level of how to communicate. We've learned how to share each other with our words. But this is what I want you to hear me as we're closing. Some of you need to have the boldness to sit across from the person you're in a relationship with and say this. If there's anything that you could change, what would it be? If there's anything that you could change. See, what happens is, like all of our relationships, there's sin. We are fallen beings. We are filled with the Holy Spirit, but we still tend to walk in the flesh. And so there's some stuff that stinks. And what happens is we have this garbage and we've piled it up and we've just left it in the kitchen. And see, some of your relationships right now, that's what's going on. There's some trash in there that... you. It's the way he's always done it or the way that you've always done it. But the question that needs to be asked is, hey, what can we do or what should I be doing differently? And what I mean by taking out the trash is we're going to read this verse in Colossians chapter 3. This is what the scripture teaches us. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Bearing with one another, uh, and if and one another complaint, let me read that again. Bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other. As the Lord has forgiven you, you must also forgive. Mark Driscoll puts it this way in his book on uh, marriage Every home accumulates trash, so we must take it out often. Failure to do so stinks up the entire house. Sin is like trash, and and every home has it too. Repentance and forgiveness. Everybody say repentance and say forgiveness are how a couple takes their trash out. If you are married and you will have conflict, you cannot avoid it because marriage is an unconditional commitment to an imperfect person. Some of your relationships right now, there's some trash in them, and you need to take the trash out. Some of those relationships, you just need to go and you just need to ask for forgiveness. Just say, hey, listen, I've been holding this burden against you and um, I I just need you to forgive me. See, a, a lot of you have trash that's accumulated all around you and what you do is you continue to walk over it. And maybe you, like me at home, have a teenage boy that you've asked to take the trash out seven times and for some reason it still stays. I'm telling you today, I need you to take the trash out. See, there's something in your relationship, and all of us have it, and and maybe it's a false hope, maybe it's been a false pain, and there's something there. And what I need you to ask today is I need you to say, hey, what trash is there that I need to take out? What conflict do we have that's been unresolved that I need to fix? Now listen, I'm giving you permission to have this conversation. I'm actually telling you it's necessary. 
whether it's with a family member, whether it's with your spouse, all of us have these, but especially with your spouse. That's what I need you to hear me. I need you when you're having this conversation to do the Colossians 3 thing. I need you to bear the burden of that. If there's something in your spouse, you're like, hey, listen, I want us to be more involved doing this together. Or, hey, you know what? I'm still holding this against you. Or, hey, listen, this, I, this isn't how our relationship, this is not what I thought it would look like. And this is how you can help me. I'm giving you permission to have this conversation. And knowing, Andrew, throw that back up there for me, bro. Thank you. Knowing that you are going to put on, as God's holy ones, a holy and beloved, you're going to be compassionate with kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. You're going to bear that burden. And if somebody has a complaint against another, you're supposed to forgive them just because Jesus has forgiven you. A lot of these conversations that are going to take place, and I've been praying over them all week, they're going to take place today. They're going to take place in the next couple of days. And as you have the boldness to have these conversations, this is what I need you to do. I need you to bear each other's burdens. I need you to say, hey, listen, pastor told me to say something, so today I'm going to say something. I need to say something, and this is what I need you to hear. Man, don't be knuckleheads. She's going to cry. She's going to be emotional. She's going to be passionate. You need to hear it, and you need to process it, and you need to listen to what she says, not listening to respond, not listening to what you think you want to hear, but listen to her heart. So when you say something, say something with your words. When you say something, say something when you fight and do it fair. When you say something, I need you, I need you to say it with your heart so that you know that you're filling the love tank of your spouse. Let's pray. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to get plugged into the ministry of Audacity or support this ministry financially, you can get more information at loveservego.com.